Hello! Welcome to Tay to Z, where we chat about every Taylor Swift song in alphabetical order. I'm Devin. And I'm Gab, and we will be your hosts on this journey. In our last episode, we talked about I Don't Want to Live Forever. Mm-hmm. From Fifty, 50 Shades, Shades Darker. Darker. <laughs> that was a fun episode. A journey. And today, we are finally discussing the all-too-well 10-minute version Yes. From Red Taylor's version from the vault. I can't believe this day is here. It's here. It's here. Magical. I mean, I know that it came out. Everyone has been clamoring for this episode, and we have wanted to make sure that we did it justice. (laughs) Yes. So we've been taking our time with it, and we're really excited to share our thoughts with you and just go through it. Yeah, and all the new parts and all the old parts and all the different sounds and everything. All Too Well, the 10-minute version, is the 30th and final track (laughs) on Red Taylor's version, and it is a vault song. Red was originally released on October 22nd, 2012, and Taylor's version was released on November 12th, 2021. This song is co-written by Liz Rose. Mm -hmm. All Too Well 10-Minute Version has been performed live already twice. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) She performed it acoustically at the premiere of the All Too Well short film at the Lincoln Plaza 13 13. movie theater in New York City. Of course she Sad we weren't there. (laughs) So sad. Happy for everyone who was. Absolutely. She then performed it later that night on Saturday Night Live as the first musical guest to do a 10-minute plus song on the program. And that in its performance history. is so beautiful. Oh my god. So good with the wind flowing and the leaves falling. Yeah. And it's just a really gorgeous performance with the film in the back. Yeah, the fact that the film is playing too. And she has her band. And she looks so amazing in oh. all black. And she has two of her starlights with her. Yeah. And like she just had so much power it's it's incredible i mean she's standing there singing a song making history and knows it so she's like she's like i am at a point in my career where i can release this and people are just gonna go crazy for it yeah how amazing that she can do this. It's incredible. We love it. With that being said, All Too Well 10-Minute Version topped all the charts in the first week of its release, making it the longest song to hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Yep. Taylor wrote and directed a short film for the song starring Sadie Sink and Dylan O'Brien. It already has 45 million views on YouTube. If you haven't seen it yeah. before you listen to this episode, go Just watch the short film. Seriously. My dad has watched it more than once, and he, like, doesn't listen to the podcast. No. So, yeah, if you haven't seen it, pause this, go watch that, mm-hmm. and then come back. Yeah, and we're going to be talking about the short film as we go through the song. Yes. So what's really cool, and as many of you who've been listening the whole time know, is that because we're going through this alphabetically, we covered all too well the original version as our sixth episode yeah. on the podcast back in September 2020. Yeah. And we were... So nervous. Yeah. And what's really cool is at that time, we actually were recording up at Devin's parents' house in Vermont, mm-hmm. and we're here recording the 10-minute version also in Vermont. <laughs> in Vermont. So it's like some deja vu, but we're also so much more comfortable with the podcast. We're not as nervous. Yeah. We're much more comfortable with all of our listeners. And it's really cool because on that original episode, we talked about Taylor always hinting at the 10-minute version mm-hmm. and if we thought we would ever hear it. Yeah. And now we have it. (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah. So it's just quite remarkable these last couple weeks to be a Swifty 
is really just so magical and that she has given us so much and that there's so much that we as fans have longed for for nine years. And that she released this song and made it so good. And not only that, also released a film for us Mm -hmm. and performed it. Mm -hmm. I mean, she is just giving us so much and it's just really special. And also, I just feel like because this song is so emotional... I feel like Taylor's also giving us, like, a piece of her heart almost. Absolutely. It's just, it's been a very emotional experience going through the Red re-release. With her. Yeah. And to see her perform this live it was heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, her reliving this yeah. must be really wild for her. It's gotta be, because it's brought up so many emotions for me that it's gotta have brought up emotions for her, too. Sure. And to re-record this and to bring this into the world as a a real song that people are listening to, like, that must have been terrifying for her to do as well, you know? Yeah, but I know she says, you know, you're thinking about, like, how she's thinking about the inspiration for this song, but she talks about how All Too Well has changed for over the years. Yeah. And how we as the fans have made it something that isn't sad for her. That it's right. about us and it's about giving to her fans and it's about her fans giving back to her. Right. And that we've changed the song for her. So I do think that there is a world in which she could be creating this art and that it is not as fresh because mm-hmm. she's thinking about giving it to us as listeners, if that makes any yeah. sense. So it's more of a gift to us instead of a catharsis for her. Yeah, but I feel like it must be both. Right? But I feel like maybe she's already gone through all those emotions. Sure. All these years later, from like where I was at in the original Red Era, all these songs, it's been bringing up a lot of emotions. Sure. And I know from a lot of our listeners on Instagram, that's been the same case too. Like when they were younger or in their teens or even as Kids listening to it, thinking about when will my first heartbreak be, or Mm -hmm. even just the song getting them through a tough time. Yeah. So we're going to do something different for this episode, which is what we also did on our original All Too Well episode. Yes. We're going to go beat by beat almost, lyric by lyric, and talk about the lyrics, what they make us think of, maybe some meaning behind them, also talking about the film. We're going to try and go through the whole song and cover as much as we can. Yes. There's no way we're going to catch everything or cover everything, so we want to have a discourse with all of you guys and, you know, let us know things you thought about the song. For sure. There's a quote by Neruda that opens up the all-too-well short film. This quote was also used in Taylor's opening notes to the Red Album CD booklet. There is an old poem by Neruda that I've always been captivated by, and one of the lines in it has stuck with me ever since the first time I read it. It says, Love is so short, forgetting is so long. It's a line I've related to in my saddest moments when I needed to know someone else had felt the exact same way. And when we're trying to move on, the moments we always go back to aren't the mundane ones. They are the moments you saw sparks that weren't really there. Felt stars aligning without having any proof. Saw your future before it happened and then saw it slip away without any warning. These are moments of newfound hope, extreme joy, intense passion, wishful thinking, and in some cases, the unthinkable letdown. And in my mind... Every one of these memories looks the same to me. I see all of these moments in bright, burning red. And that's how Taylor opened up the liner notes to her album. And then that quote was how she opened up the short film. The short film, yep. And I think that's... Brilliant. (laughs) Yeah, it's just such a great quote, you know? No matter how short the love is, the forgetting, forgetting is so long. And remembering all the moments and also the moments that you do remember. You don't remember the mundane. You remember the highly emotional or passionate moments, highly upsetting moments. That's what sticks with you. Absolutely. 
And there was a lot of discourse about this film in terms of people who are like, she dated the guy like 10 years ago, like give him a break or whatever, or like, oh, they only dated for three months. And I think it's really important to like say off the bat that it doesn't matter how long you date someone if you felt very strongly for them, Mm -hmm. or if you, you know, went through some sort of trauma or pain from the experience. Taylor has every right to get all of her feelings and emotions out. And it doesn't matter really what the other person thinks. Like it was her experience and Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if we think that that relationship was too short. Like it was her experience and she's sharing how she felt. And I think it's beautiful. Yeah. And that, that line for her is still with her right now. Yeah. You know, and that she chose to use that as the line at the beginning of the short film shows that it still is a very important line to her. Yeah, that she still thinks about. Even if she is in a very good spot with her relationship right now, she still loves that quote and and is using, and I think that that's really interesting. Yeah. That's still there at the forefront. Yeah, she still remembers it all too well. (laughs) She certainly does. Mm-hmm. So I do want to say right before we start, the difference is in the intro. That intro to the song before she even starts singing. Mm. Atmospheric. Mm. It's not just a guitar. Yeah. It is this whole atmosphere. There's like, a, there's some synths. There's multiple guitars picking out different melodies and, and lines. Right off the bat, it's a completely new production. Yeah. You know immediately this is something new. It's a different song. Yes. Which is really smart that she did that. And really cool. It honors the original, but makes it its own thing. Exactly. Yeah. And it still has the melody. Also, if you listen very, very carefully, within the first second that the song starts playing, there's like this creaking that sounds like they're walking on wooden boards. Yep. It's like this- Or opening a door. Or opening a door or something. And I, I feel like that's totally a Jack Antonoff thing. Yeah. Like like this little like- Tiny thing. Like itty bitty that you can barely hear it. If you guys can catch that, it's really, really cool. Yeah. Well, and it definitely benefits listening to this song on really good headphones. Always. Yeah. Always. Then, you know, just- her voice. Her voice through this whole thing. It's so amazing. It's so amazing. And she sounds so so good. filled with emotion. Oh my god. It's really just incredibly well done. It's a completely new experience. Yeah. Which is wild because we have had this song for so long and we know it so well. And I remember when we were first listening to it for the first time together, we were waiting for what was gonna be new. Yeah. We were just waiting, and then the first time that we got to a new part, which when we get to it, we were like, Oh, oh my god. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. So what a cool experience too. Just yeah. to be listening to it for the first time and not know what's gonna happen. And all of us listening to it for the first time having loved the original mm-hmm. too. Most likely all of us listening to it within like the same like two hours. Yeah. Honestly. Which is epic. Like worldwide. Yeah. Every all Swifties hearing this for the first time. Yeah. Just such a cool experience. Yeah. So would, would you like to start? Sure. I walked through the door with you. The air was cold, but something about it felt like home somehow. And I left my scarf there at your sister's house, and you've still got it in your drawer, even now. As we all know, especially at this point, All Too Well was written about Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes. In regards to the scarf in question, there was many photos of Taylor and Jake photographed together where she is wearing a navy blue, light gray, and red Gucci scarf. Mm -hmm. And later, there are photos of Jake also wearing this scarf at Mm -hmm. a different time. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So this is the scarf in question. Maggie Gyllenhaal, who is Jake's sister, claims she has no idea who or what the scarf is, where it is. It was not left at her house. I think the scarf is kind of a metaphor. Yes. Of like what was left there or what was left there that like was part of Taylor, basically. But there is an actual scarf in question. And I think Gucci should totally remake that scarf. For sure. You know? It it is cool that she decided to put the scarf into the merch for the re-release of Yeah, now the scarf is... But it's a scarf. Now the scarf is red. It's a red scarf, which is not actually the color of the scarf in question. That it was. And it was cool because the scarf, too, was also the colors of the song red. Yeah. Um, Losing him was blue like I'd never known. Missing him was dark gray all alone. And loving him was red. Ooh. I know. Cool. So that's pretty neat. I I do love the merch scarf and then, like, the way it's used in... The film as well. Yes, and also used in the I Bet You Think About Me film. Yep, that's so funny when she wraps it around the bride. Yeah. That present that she gives that bride can also be seen that same package in the back of the birthday scene. Oh. I don't know if it, like, means anything, but it's Hmm. the red package. Yeah. People think that represents, like, red, because then there's a gold one for Fearless, and they think blue is 1989, which is next. We don't know. Also really cool when Sadie Sink's character, who is known in the film as her, Mm -hmm. and the Dylan O'Brien's character is known as him, when she first walks in, there's this, like, stained glass window, which is the crest that Taylor had, that has, like, the cats and the snake. It's like the T.S. Crest yep. um, that came out, I think, with the Fearless for the Vaults. Yes. Yeah. And she takes off the scarf and she puts it on the banister. Yeah. And you have that close up of the scarf. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, this is important. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. We also know, and anybody who has listened to the original version knows that it is a bookend. The scarf is there at the beginning of the song and then comes back at the end of the yeah. song. And when the groove comes in for that next verse, it is like the groove of all grooves. The mm-hmm. groove for this song, this all too well version, is, is so good. Her band, mm, love it. So there's the musical interlude in between the two verses, which again is going to be that moment for everybody to just scream their freaking faces off. Yeah. Which I can only imagine happened at the premiere yeah. of the film when she did it acoustically. I can only imagine that everybody just lost their minds. Yeah. In the short film, it doubles a couple of times. Uh, it, it plays over mm-hmm. more than the original time. And you see some of the scenes with Sadie and Dylan at a lake mm-hmm. and it, it's obviously fall <laughs> yeah and there's like there's a all lot these of beautiful leaves making out and romantic so much scenes. making out yeah and yeah being sw- like swung around and yeah and yeah. just like caught up in each other oh. so the second verse oh your sweet disposition and my wide-eyed gaze we're singing in the car getting lost upstate autumn leaves falling down like pieces into place and i can picture it after all these days Uh, this verse still is just so amazing because it is such a picture for us Mm -hmm. this encapsulates our drives Mm -hmm. singing in the car getting going going upstate autumn leaves all these things are just so relatable i love the oh your sweet disposition because there was a time at the beginning of the relationship when he actually was good to her and sweet and yeah. sweet what happened like, yeah you know? that's why she fell for him exactly yeah. and and so she has this memory and this idea that yeah 
it was good at one point. Mm. And then I love, again, the line, autumn leaves fallen down like pieces into place. It's a puzzle. All of these things are happening for her and it's right and it's all, it all feels right mm-hmm. and it's good. And this is where the puzzle piece goes and this is where the puzzle piece goes and, and we're together and this is amazing in this relationship. Yeah. That scene in the film with them driving mm-hmm. is really amazing too. And it's, it's so simple. Yeah. Just the shot of him grabbing her hand and, and her looking at him with those eyes eyes of like oh love you know and remembering those simple but meaningful moments in a relationship and in the early days and just i can picture it after all these days like those moments are just such like in her memory and picturing them and it's that's such a relatable thing yeah I also really like the idea of my wide-eyed gaze. I think that definitely mm-hmm. points the idea of like the age difference mm-hmm. as well as the naivety of the age that she was. So at the time of this relationship, Taylor was 20 turning 21 and Jake was 29 turning 30. Right. Um, So there was a pretty big age difference. And it's actually really interesting because fans have also pointed out that the age difference between Sadie Sink and Dylan O'Brien is quite similar. She's 19 and he's 30. So it's a very similar idea. And also that, you know, he's like very much an adult and that we've seen her only in like Stranger Things. We know her more as like a young woman or a teen. She's played child characters, but she's 19. In like recent memory. Yeah. And that idea, and Taylor talked about this in one of the interviews of when you're 19, 20, 21, like you're an adult, but you don't quite feel like one yet. Right. And you're still figuring yourself out and you're still kind of like searching for fully who you are, your identity. You're easily able to be caught up in someone or mm-hmm. something. And just my wide-eyed gaze, like just that she was so naive and in love. And we were all like, we all missed that when she was younger and everyone was saying, oh, Taylor Swift dates everyone. Like we didn't realize, like we're talking about someone who's really young, yeah. dating someone a lot older than her. Just because they're famous, that doesn't change that age power dynamic that could yeah. be there, which I think is important. And then also the car that they are in that's in this movie, this is just so silly, Taylor. And she said she was getting very unhinged with her easter eggs oh the car is a 1989 model unreal so that's another little fun easter egg there (laughs) wow yeah okay next lines and i know it's long gone and the magic's not here no more and i might be okay but i'm not fine at all Mm -hmm. yeah i mean we talked about this in the last version of all too well but just that idea of like I'm okay, I'm getting by, but I'm not fine, you know? Underneath, you are not okay. Yeah. And you are hanging out with your friends, and you're like, oh, yeah, I got this. Yeah, woohoo. I'm totally over him, and no. Yeah. No, I'm not. Yeah, and that kind of reflection can last a long time after a relationship. Yeah. And then we get to the first chorus, because there we are again on that little town street. You almost ran the red, because you were looking over at me. Wind in my hair, I was there. I remember it all too well. Mm -hmm. All of the harmonies... In the original All Too Well are Nathan Chapman. Mm -hmm. On this All Too Well 10-minute version, there's no male voice. And the harmonies start on the first chorus. In the original All Too Well, they don't start until the second chorus. Interesting. So the first chorus, it's still just her singing. There's something about the harmonies that are very ethereal, almost. Very, like, up and in the back. Like, they're very mixed to the back. Yeah. And it's just, like, kind of this looming, like, ever-present... I was there, I was there, airy. Memory, like, memories. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Mm. I love, again, the juxtaposition of the choruses with the verses, Mm -hmm. because the choruses are so, like, happy, good thoughts Mm -hmm. and, like, really good memories. And then the verses are not so much, you know, especially once we get further into the song, that the first couple of verses are good memories, Mm -hmm. but then it just kind of goes downhill. 
And she's reminding us that she remembers it all. Good all, and all bad. All too well. Yeah. Yes. And I do love that this is a mention of red. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just something fun. <laughs> yeah. And I think also important, these tiny little specific moments that she puts into the lyrics and then also shows in the film mm-hmm. are just these tiny moments that make it specific enough to connect to, but also general enough that we can all put our own stories and ideas exactly. on it. Yeah. And she does that so expertly, especially in this song, yeah. and even more in this version. It's so personal to her, and yet we all feel it, too, yep. which is just so cool. Also, I should have said this earlier, but like the film, for me, was just like the complete actualization in what I've pictured of this song for so long. Pretty much. Which is amazing. Like verbatim. Yeah, and that yeah. she showed these little moments that we've all thought about listening yeah. to this song. Yeah, and like, yeah, giving it to us. I will say that the spinning around and making out part during this part of the song in the movie uh, was a little long for me. It was a lot of spinning and making out in the woods. I think it's supposed to be long to make you a little uncomfortable. Okay. I think. Because, like, part of it does, and you're like, oh, gosh, I shouldn't they're be They're like, wow, this. they're, like, making out for a long so time. they're so in love. And I think part of it's supposed to make you uncomfortable in terms of, whoa, they're so in love. But also, like, you know something bad's going to happen. So you're sure. also like, oh, no. You're, like, kind you're of, like, like, oh, oh, pr- oh, oh. Like, cringing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Photo album on the counter. Your cheeks were turning red. You used to be a little kid with glasses in a twin-sized bed. Your mother's telling stories about you on the t-ball team. You taught me about your past thinking your future was me. Mm-hmm. I think what's really interesting about this, because this also goes into those very specific, like, meeting the parents, early relationship type moments. Mm -hmm. Um, And we do know that Taylor spent Thanksgiving with Jake's family when they were dating. What's fascinating is that she didn't choose to use this idea in the movie. Right. And to show these, these scenes. And to show his family. Yeah. In this part, she's showing him interacting with his friends. Mm -hmm. And the famous dropping her hand scene. Yeah. And so I think it's interesting that that part isn't yeah. used. And I really like that part of the song, though, that idea of, like, taught me about your past thinking your future was me. Because yep. I think that's kind of those things, meeting someone's parents, telling stories, showing childhood photos, is what makes you think you're going to be in this person's future. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And so that's part of what makes it even harder. Yeah. Whereas the incident with his friends and the dinner party and where he, like, basically is ignoring her, it's pretty clear he's a jerk. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, this whole verse is also very cinematic. Like, you can see that happening. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a shot of them with his mom, and they're laughing over a photo album, and... Oh, you mean, like, the idea of this verse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. And you're right. Instead, we got uh, the scene that leads up to the big scene in the middle of the film. Yeah. We get our second mention of Red here, with Mm -hmm. his cheeks turning red. Mm -hmm. I also think that that's very fun. I also love the idea that she says, you used to be a little kid with glasses in a twin-size bed. Like, you used to be a kid. Like, Mm -hmm. what happened? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Like, where along the way did you turn to this person that hurt me so much? Yeah. Like, you have a family. I met your family. I love your family. There's photos of her walking with Maggie Gyllenhaal. Mm -hmm. And I also love the line, you taught me about your past thinking your future was me. And Mm -hmm. just the way that that line reads, Mm -hmm. like you said, like showing you these things about my past means that I anticipate being with you. And just how succinct that line is to explain all of that. Yeah. So good. So now we get to the new lyrics. We get to a new part, which uh, when we first heard it was like, oh. It was so epic. And I'm going to say, I think that a lot of these new lyrics are very heavily inspired by her work 
with Aaron Dessner and Jack mm-hmm. Antonoff on Folklore and Evermore. Yes. They seem very folklore Evermore-esque. And, well, very mature taylor mm-hmm. I do think, because, you know, Taylor talks about this 10-minute version and that it was like a jam session mm-hmm. when she came to, like, write the song. She had to get all these feelings off her chest. And she just was jamming out, saying all these different lines and that her engineer recorded it. Right. Which is what became the idea of the 10-minute. It was this demo that was never going to be the full song. And so I think a lot of these ideas were all in the song and that then she shaped and changed them to create this 10-minute version. And I think that originally, Dev and I had talked about this, that we think originally all of these lyrics, this whole song was written in the guitar, the da-da-da-da, like in that same original all-too-well format. And I think that when she's like, okay, if I'm going to do this 10-minute version, I'm going to release it, we're going to like, we're going to change some things up a bit. And I think that's where the... Different sound came in with this next verse that we're going to read. Yes. And you were tossing me the car keys. Fuck the patriarchy keychain on the ground. We were always skipping town. And I was thinking on the drive down, anytime now, he's going to say it's love. You never called it what it was. So, uh, already, like, (laughs) this, this is just, it's so good. And first of all, she throws down... The F-bomb. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. So it automatically becomes an explicit song. Yeah. Well, when we knew that there was going to be a curse in this song, because yes. she had talked about it. it, was part of the lore. Yes. I didn't expect it here. No. Yeah. And so a fuck the patriarchy keychain? Does it exist? That seems very specific. Very <laughs> specific. Yes. And also the fact that she's selling... Fuck the patriarchy keychains as merch. Very specific. Very pointed. Only one person knows if this keychain actually existed. Only one. The line, and I was thinking on the drive down, any time now, he's gonna say it's love. Like, so the entire time that they were dating, he never said he loved her. She said you never called it what it was. Oh my god. Yeah. And she definitely loved him. Oh yeah. You could tell. Yeah, I mean, this whole song, you can tell. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I just, I think that that is such a specific image. And I'm wondering if this scene in the short film is what happened. So, okay, so this is what I know from, you know, all the different sleuthing on the internet the last couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there are images from a situation where I guess maybe the paparazzi were following them or something, where Jake got very angry and upset Mm. visibly and was captured in photos. And Taylor's sitting in the passenger seat, like, glumly and scared or, like, very, like, resigned the way that Sadie looks in that scene. Like, a lot of people did little side-by-side images. I saw those, Sharing on our stories this week, uh, images that people made. I think that it's not, like, a beat for beat exactly how it went, but I think it's, like, that idea of watching someone who you love temper for the first time and how kind of scary that can be. Right. And not knowing what to do. And it wasn't directed at her, but also not knowing, like, how to, like, interfere or not. And just, like, showing, like, this scene in the film, like, I don't know. It was just so well acted. And so it felt good. so relatable, oh. too. Like, you really felt for her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that through this whole film, the camera is always on her. Like, yeah. the camera is always her experience. Mm-hmm. Because that's what's important. We don't need to know what he's feeling and thinking. Yeah. This song is her. Yeah, and, and it's her story. And so the fact that we always get to see what she is feeling and the emotion, and she is so raw and vulnerable in this She's film. She's such a good actress. She's so good. Like, so incredible. So good. 
Till we were dead and gone and buried, check the pulse and come back swearing it's the same after three months in the grave. And then you wondered where it went to as I reached for you. But all I felt was shame and you held my lifeless frame. Oh, so this is one of my favorite new lyrics. Yeah, I think it's just so good, especially till we were dead and gone and buried. Check the pulse and come back swearing it's the same. Yep. We do know from... We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together, which is also about Jake, that Taylor and Jake did break up and get back together at some point. Yeah. And that she was frustrated by the on-again, off-again nature of things. So we do know that. And the idea of after three months in the grave, like, maybe him calling back saying, like, maybe we could try it again. And her saying, it's the same. Yeah. And then just, like, all I felt was shame and you held my lifeless frame. Oh. Like, that is just, like, really intense. Oh, and, my gosh. You know? And the, the shame of... I mean, whatever it was, the pain of losing him, the shame of, like, getting so close to someone who didn't make you feel okay or feel safe. My lifeless frame is dark. So dark. Three months in the grave, that makes me think that they were broken up for three months. Mm -hmm. And that when, yeah, he calls back and they get back together and she feels shame because of that. Like, like all of the stuff that, you know, happened probably in the interim there was not mm. good. Mm. They probably fought a lot yeah. and stuff when they were broken up or maybe they didn't talk to each other. Maybe she felt shame for breaking up with him. Yeah. You know, like there's so much there that like it had to have been so complicated. Yeah. And also the we're going to get into the scene because it happens right around this point. But also the you held my lifeless frame makes me think of. In that that scene at the end when he just keeps apologizing, but he doesn't actually care or apologize for what he did. Right. And he just keeps hugging her, making wanting to make it go away. And yep. she's, like, accepting it, but also there's a part of her that's like, you don't get it. And, and she does, it. Yeah. Ugh. And she does look like the life isn't in her. The yep. love isn't the same. And she wants it to be okay, too, but she's also so upset. Yep. There is a fully acted out scene between Sadie and Dylan that... I believe it was part scripted, part improvised, and I mm. think they just kind of kept going and they went with it. Uh-huh. It's uh, filled with cursing. <laughs> a lot. It's uh, fully an argument that comes from the part we were talking about in the verse where they're at the dinner party and he drops her hand when she yeah. tries to hold it with all his friends. And right. It shows two things. A very young, immature person in a relationship not knowing how to deal with being hurt mm-hmm. and being upset and not knowing how to actually communicate and talk about that. Yeah. And then a much older person who should understand it completely gaslighting and belittling how she's feeling. Yes. And it's just astounding to watch because for me personally, someone who has been in a toxic relationship, not necessarily with those same dynamics, but when someone undermines the way you actually feel about something... It's just, like, the worst feeling. Mm-hmm. And, like, oh, you're making that up. Why do you feel that way? Yeah. And it's like, because you made me feel that way. Right. Like, you're making it about you. Yeah. You're making it about you. Like, why are you pissed off at me? Like, like what's up? Yeah. And I don't he, even remember that moment. Yeah. And no, and she remembers it all too yeah. well. Yeah. And also the fact that, like, she kept saying, you didn't look at me all night. You didn't look at me. I have been that person where there is something about being somewhere with your partner where you know that they still have you. Yes. And being somewhere with your partner where you know they're trying to avoid you or yes. ignore you. Yep. And I felt that so much when I was that age. Like, my quote-unquote red relationship, it brought back so many emotions of like, oh my god, are you embarrassed to be in public with me? Right. Are you embarrassed around your friends that you're dating a younger girl? Yeah. Like, that, you know, they don't know. And the fact that she says, I didn't know anyone else. Mm -hmm. How how was I supposed to create conversations when, like, I was alone in that room? Yeah. And you didn't have me? Yeah. You know? 
And you're right. He is the older person in the relationship who should know better. On YouTube, there's this video editor. His name is Jordan Orm, and he does a whole bunch of reactions to music videos. Mm. And he has done, like, all of the reactions to all of Taylor's music videos, the Joseph Kahn stuff. He loves going through her stuff because it's always so good. And he talks in this scene about the usage of the single take. Oh, right. Yeah. Of what's going on. And then it doesn't cut until it has to. So it builds and builds and builds. And what he says is so interesting to me is that the camera is on Sadie the entire time. And you just get the Dylan O'Brien in and out of the shot, Mm. leaving things, dropping, you know, stuff in the sink, piling on both literally and figuratively, you know, and he keeps talking about all of this imagery of of her being just completely alone and vulnerable in this situation. And he has all the power, Mm -hmm. even though the camera is on her. So you would think that the person the camera's on has the power, but she doesn't have any of it in the situation. The film doesn't cut until he says, no, don't give me that look. Mm-hmm. And that cuts to that her look of, of her basically yeah. shooting daggers at him. Like, yeah. are you kidding and me? And hurt. Yes. Yeah. And then that's when the, the film kind of goes back to different shots and mm-hmm. everything. And then, like you said, the gaslighting that he does when he's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, shut up, dude. Yeah, like, what are you sorry for? You're, you're not. Sorry you're for? just trying to sweep it under the exactly. rug. Exactly. Oh, and the line where she says, I feel embarrassed. You know, drying her eyes, yeah. and she's, like, wiping away tears, and she's the one that feels embarrassed. It's so real. I mean, like, I have been that girl. And especially, you know, when you're younger and you're teens and 20s, and, like, every emotion is just so strong, and you feel things so strongly, and, like, you feel insecurity and jealousy, and if your partner doesn't make you not feel those things or support you or make you feel secure, it's so easy to have this conflict style that you don't understand why you're upset and you're fighting, but you know you have these feelings and you know that in your gut, you're right. Like, these feelings are right, but you don't necessarily verbalize it the right way. I have been that girl. I wasn't good at arguing and fighting, but I knew that I wasn't getting what I needed and I wasn't being treated right, but I didn't really understand how to have that conflict. And there were so many tears because that's just what would happen. And then so much, I'm so embarrassed I was so emotional, like, after the apology. It's so real to me. It's shocking. It's crazy. And... Yeah, and I mean, they do curse a lot in the scene. Which, 13 times, actually. Yes, 13 times, which, you know, is not necessarily like my what my reality was. Like, I cursed a little, but not that much. Yeah. But also, I never dated someone who was that much older than me. So I feel right. like that's part of it, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's really just like, I find it to be a very gut-punching scene just because yeah. I relate to it so much. And I think just having a visual for the song makes it that much more... Emotional. Impotent, almost, Because what has been in our heads this whole time, my mom actually thought that there was a music video for the original All Too Well. She was like, I swore that there was an original video. I already saw this scene of them dancing around the kitchen in the refrigerator light. And I'm like, no, mom, there was not a music video for that. And she goes, oh my god, that was just all in my head? And like, really good imagery. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, yes, that is what this song is. Yeah. Yeah. And the next pre-chorus... And I know it's long gone, and there was nothing else I could do, and I forget about you long enough to forget why I needed to. Yeah. And this is being played over him hugging her in that last scene, and it's just her face, and you can see in her face that it is wrong. Yeah. That something wrong had just happened, and she doesn't know what to do. Yeah. 
Yeah. And when that line, there was nothing else I could do. Oh, so crazy. And then the line, I forget about you long enough to forget why I needed to. Going back to the Neruda quote, like, mm-hmm. forgetting is so long. How long does it take for her to forget these things? Yeah. Has she forgotten them? Was this a lyric that she was hoping that she would forget? Yeah. Like, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. Well, there's also so much you forget, and then sometimes it can be triggered. Yeah. And that's, like, a big thing, I think, with this song, is that there can be things that come up that you're like, oh, my God, I haven't thought about that in yeah. forever, but something brings it up. And yep. this song can be triggering in mm-hmm. some points, or the film, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Because there we are again, in the middle of the night, we're dancing around the kitchen in the refrigerator light, down the stairs, I was there, I remember it all too well. And this line, you know, we talked about it originally, it's just beautiful imagery, and it's just so romantic. I love how they showed it in the film about them dancing, how they're in pajamas. Absolutely, exactly how I pictured it. Gorgeous. And also, it's really interesting, too, in the film, the way it is, is when... In one of the shots where he's in the refrigerator light, it's, like, blue. So it's, like, he's in the cold side. And then Ooh. the sunlight kind of is glinting through a little. And her, her side's warmer. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, fans have talked about that on Instagram. But, yeah, it just was very romantic. And it's just this kind of thing. Like, Devin and I, we dance in the kitchen all the time when we're cooking. Yeah. Um, you know, especially, like, in his parents' kitchen. If we put some music on. Mm-hmm. Like, we're just dancing at dinner tonight, you know? And yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, one of those beautiful things where you just, like, love someone that you just break into spontaneous dance, and they captured that really well here. Yeah. And this, so it brings you back in the film to, like, these are some of, like, the good moments, the beautiful moments, how where he won her over and made her fall in love, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And the juxtaposition of the scene right before it... Yeah. ...to this is crazy. Well, and that's what it's like... When you're young and in love, the emotions are so heightened and up and down. I don't think just young. I I take that back. I think it's when you're in red love or toxic love. It's such a roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah. And another new part to the song. And there we are again when nobody had to know. You kept me like a secret, but I kept you like an oath. (sighs) Sacred prayer and we'd swear to remember it all too well. So. So I think that this is... Generally, one of people's favorite lines in this song, the new new lines, you kept me like a secret, but I kept you like an oath. So real. Holy moly. And then we get sacred prayer and we'd swear to remember it all too well. I think that's really interesting because it's bringing, you know, religion into it. Mm. And yeah, an oath is a sacred prayer, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's something that you take very seriously. And Taylor took this very seriously. And it shows that he didn't take it seriously at all. Yeah. And and I and I love you or like, Mm -hmm. I want to be with you or I see you in the future. Those are things that people take seriously. Yes. And I also think the idea with sacred prayer is, as we found in some of, like, the lover stuff, is Taylor's idea of love as, like, a religion. Yes. The altar is my hips. Like, yep. love and intimacy as this idea of something holy. A religious experience. Yeah, and I yeah. think that that lyric could be something that's a little bit newer. Mm-hmm. At least phrased differently. Sure. But, yeah, exactly, like, what you were just saying, too, is just, like, how much you then give to someone who maybe doesn't see the same future as you do. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and all of the shots in this one are interesting. They're playing cards by the fireplace, and then they're, like, cuddling a little bit and listening to music together. Mm-hmm. And it's, again, it's a whole bunch of really nice memories, mm-hmm. but there's, like, an underlying tension because you, as a Swifty, you know what's coming. Yes. You know? So the film, it, it's 
it's really smart how she builds the film, too. Oh, yeah, exactly. And also just this idea, of too, of sacred prayer, and we'd swear to remember it all too well. So there was an implied promise. And as we get into the next section, we know that he breaks her like mm-hmm. a promise. And that he didn't keep that sacred prayer. And I think what's cool, too, is, as we talked about the harmonies earlier, this idea of something sacred, almost a theory of religious-like, I mm-hmm. think that these harmonies add to that feeling and the vibe of the song. For sure. And then we get to the bridge. The bridge that we all know and love. (laughs) And maybe we got lost in translation. Maybe I asked for too much. Maybe this thing was a masterpiece till you tore it all up. Running scared, I was there. I remember it all too well. And you call me up again just to break me like a promise, so casually cruel in the name of being honest. I'm a crumpled up piece of paper lying here because I remember it all, all, all too well. So good. I mean, obviously, this is my favorite part of the original song. It's just such an epic, powerful, emotional bridge Mm -hmm. and you feel it and in the film you know we see it end and the confusion and hurt on her face like she can't seems to have come out of nowhere and surprised her and being blindsided and also being that blinded by love that you don't understand that the other person isn't in it the Mm -hmm. same way or maybe they made you think that they were in it the same way the scene where you know she's just like lying on the bed in his shirt sobbing and I'm like damn it I've been there like oh my god and then you call me up again just to break me like a promise we see her phone yeah. ringing uh-huh. we know from like the idea and the lore of this relationship that it's not like things ended and he was just gone like he kind of kept coming in and out of her life which is yeah. super unfair and hurtful so hard the casually cruel just the way she says that and like I'm just being honest like uh, and she really visually shows herself as this crumb a piece of paper and then she also crumples a piece yes. of paper which is pretty great i have to say too like this you call me up again just it's so freaking relatable <laughs> like what my relationship that was at this time when i got dumped and like it totally blindsided me in hindsight it shouldn't have but it did and that person then called later that night regretting it like did i make a mistake because mm. we went on a break but not really and it broke me again because it was like no, we like owe it to ourselves to like try some time apart and stuff. And I made that decision thinking he was going to come back after the break. And it was really the end. And like, yeah. it just like breaks you over and over again, the more that person tries to still like talk to Ugh. or be in your life or whatever. The line, this was a masterpiece till you tore it all up. Uh-huh. I think that that goes back to the the autumn leaves falling down like pieces into place. Yeah. That was the masterpiece and it it's gone. You are the one that, destroyed it i was here like yeah i was gonna be here for you through thick and thin obviously she it seems like she dealt with some pretty tough stuff with him yeah and to stay with him and i love now we have casually cruel in a vault song yeah as mr perfectly fine yeah which is fun we knew she loved that phrase Mm -hmm. for her to use that again well and what you said about the the masterpiece line also makes me think of the very beginning of the film where she says, like, it's like I made you up. Yeah. Where, like, he's, like, perfect to her mind or something that she always envisioned. And yeah. that love. And she's like, it's like I made you up. Which is kind of, like, the idea, like, maybe it was a masterpiece and then you you messed it up. Yep. Yeah. And then, yeah, crumpled up piece of paper lying here. I mean, that is exactly what you feel like when something like this happens. Yeah. Just thrown to the side. This horrible, Ugh. horrible feeling. Gosh. And, like, Sadie just shows it so well. The emotion on her. Oh. Yeah. She's really good. She's incredible. So now we get another new portion. 
They say all's well that ends well, but I'm in a new hell every time you double-cross my mind. You said if we had been closer in age, maybe it would have been fine, and that made me want to die. Wow, 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 wow. All's well that ends well, but I'm in a new hell? Oh my gosh. I love the way she sings it, too. Those lines Mm -hmm. sound so good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And not every time you cross my mind, every time you double cross my mind. So, yeah, like when you double cross somebody, you mess with them. You betray them. You betray them. So you don't just cross her mind. Every time you come into her mind, you're betraying her. Also, the idea, too, like double cross my mind, like... Her idea of him, what she thought it was going to be, and the fact that it's not that either. So her mind also betrayed her. Oh, man. And then if we had been closer in age, it would have been fine. Are you kidding me? I bet he actually said that. I bet he actually said that. It's so specific. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, totally. Like, yeah, if you were, you know, maybe a couple of years older, like, it would totally be okay. Dude, you're the one that dated her. Yeah. It takes two to tango. Yeah. She wasn't just like, hey, we're dating now. Yeah. You had to be like, oh, hey, yeah, okay, cool. Let's... Let's go out. It's so insane. Are you kidding me, sir? Also, I think it's really interesting, too, her using all's well that ends well, because in Lover, she says, my heart's been borrowed, yours has been blue, all's, all's well that, that ends well, well that to end, end up, up with, with you. you. And so it's cool that she's, you know, she thinks of that phrase in a positive way, and then also in this negative way, mm-hmm. and just like the way her mind works and the way words come together for Ugh. her. It's just... Remarkable. The idea you had of me, who was she? A never needy, ever lovely jewel whose shine reflects on you. Not weeping in a party bathroom, some actress asking me what happened, you. That's what happened, you. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'll say, I thought it was now weeping in a party bathroom. Oh. Listening to it, it sounds like now, but it makes way more sense to say that he wanted a never needy person who was ever loving and shining for him instead of someone who's in the bathroom crying over me because what did I do to you? Yes. 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 You. You. And I love the anger here. That's yeah. what happened to you because mm-hmm. I get that. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And I'm like, let it out, girl. Let it all out. And also just that thing, that idea you had to meet, like, especially when someone is, you know, early in a relationship, courting someone, trying to, like, pursue someone, especially if they're famous and, like, Taylor, like, you have this idea of someone and, like, we're all real people. None of us can be never needy. Right. Never of us are just, like, some jewel. Like, we all have emotions and just, it's so unfair to just expect something like that of someone or put someone on a pedestal Mm -hmm. when we're all just human. Yeah. I also love how, like, they show her, she's clearly this young girl in this room of adults yep and she's trying to look older and fit in and be older but she it she just isn't she's old enough to drink she has that champagne glass but she just doesn't quite fit and it just like it broke my heart a lot thinking about how taylor kind of missed some of these young teen years like she got her youth in school and middle school kind of things but then when she blew up it was a lot of the time where you find your peers that are like your age and she became so big and was on tour with people so much older than her her band was so much older than her that so many of her friends were like that and that's okay and she came out okay but she missed a lot of her youth yeah and it was taken from her and she missed some of that youthful relationship like yes she had other different relationships before this but that this was her first like real big love and it left clearly such an effect and a mark on her and that she was trying to be older when she couldn't just be at the age she is. Right. And it, it breaks my heart for young Taylor. She got through it and she's doing just fine. Yeah. 
But it does, when you think about it, none of us thought of her that way. Like, she was slut-shamed and ripped apart in all these, like, online articles, tabloids. Like, everyone was, like, just so awful to her. And she was just a young girl figuring out her life. Like, yeah. if someone wrote about me in my 20s, it would be insane, yeah. you know? And she kind of missed that time. She did gain some of it back when she finally moved to New York and got to have that young person time. Yeah. But there was a lot of it where she almost skipped some ages, skipped some time. Mm. And isn't there a theory that Jennifer Aniston is that woman in the bathroom? Yeah, so some people said that, that there's a theory that it was Jennifer Aniston, but then I've also heard a theory that was Anne Hathaway. Okay. So she's definitely met both those people, and like Anne Hathaway, I think, was like kind of around the time. So I don't really know fully who it is. Like, different people on Instagram have felt it was sure. either or both of them. I love the difference that she does in the Saturday Night Live performance of this when she sings the the idea you had of me, who was she, and on who was she, her band cuts out. And she just like, she just like yells it. She's yeah. like, who was she? You know, yeah. I, I love that moment. It's not in the recording, but she does it on the Saturday Night Live. And like, just the anger there. In, in this whole part on Saturday Night Live, she is just giving it. So good. That performance it. is like, oh, I felt it. So good. You who charmed my dad with self-effacing jokes, sipping coffee like you're on a late night show, but then he watched me watch the front door all night willing you to come, and he said it's supposed to be fun turning 21. Heartbreaking. You met her dad, and obviously her mom, and as Swifties, we know her parents are the best Mm -hmm. and you're sitting there laughing with him and saying that you love his daughter and winning him over and all this stuff and and bold-faced lies (laughs) (laughs) angry devin angry devin sipping coffee like you're on a late night show because that's what he did he did the late night shows Mm -hmm. you know whenever he had a movie it's like ha 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 i'm being how to be charming i'm being jake gyllenhaal on tv ha 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 You know, like, here I am on Letterman, here I am on... Which is just wild. I will say, though, Taylor, that my 21st birthday was not very much fun either. (laughs) I was alone with my mom and her friend. (laughs) You were not alone then, but... (laughs) I was... You were not with other people your age. (laughs) I did not have a raucous 21st birthday. In fact, I got carded on my 21st birthday when I ordered a Johnny Walker Black. But that's part of the fun, is getting yeah. carded, because then you're legal to show it. Yeah. yeah. So And then it rained, and we were supposed to sit by a fire pit. The fact that you still remember that it rained on your 21st birthday nine years later. Yeah, so Taylor, I get it. I get it. Turning 21 is supposed to be fun. But, oh, in this scene in the film, holy crap. She's at that table with him and her dad, and she's sitting there between them, ha ha ha. And, the and then, oh, yeah. and then the birthday party, and he's gone. Yeah, and it's her friends, and she just looks like so forlorn. Yeah, and hurt. So a lot of Swifties recognized immediately from this scene that it depicts what we have heard in the song "The Moment I Knew," which is the song about Jake not showing up for Taylor's twenty-first birthday. Right. Beautiful, wonderful song that we will cover on this podcast. It shows that moment, and it shows like I always pictured it this as this like glam like 
Hollywood birthday party. But it's, like, even more heartbreaking that she's in this small party, private, like, little, like, with friends in her house that he was supposed to be at, and he's not there. Yeah. I had heard that there was some kind of time where, like, they had maybe reconciled, and he was actually, like, she wasn't just thinking, like, where is he, like, and they had broken up. Like, he was supposed to fly out to Nashville. Like, that was what he had said he would be doing. Wow. He was supposed to be at that birthday. She's Because yeah. in the moment I knew, she says, you should have been there. I think that he was supposed to, like, have been at her party. Yeah. And so that's even more heartbreaking. Yeah. You know, he watched me watch the front door all night willing you to come. I mean, it's heartbreaking, and I, like, totally relate to this, sadly. <laughs> Not for birthday reasons. There was an ex that I've talked about on this podcast that I thought I was going to get back together with, and I was mistaken. And we had a weekend plan to see each other, which would have been the time when we, like, I thought, like, oh, this is it. We're going to get back together. This is when it's going to happen. And it was right around the holiday time. He called me and canceled the day before. <laughs> I mean, it broke my heart and like I had all these plans and like theater tickets purchased and plans with like family and friends and I just was so upset and sad and then I had to see my whole family that night like we were decorating our Christmas tree with extended family and I just like you could tell my eyes were so puffy and everyone there knew what was supposed to happen and what didn't and Mm -hmm. I was just so hurt and embarrassed And, like, that idea of, like, you were supposed to have been there. Yeah. It hurts a lot, you know? And he, like, called and apologized and was like, I'm driving down there tomorrow, right now. I'm like, no, it didn't ever happen. How you get the girl moment, it didn't happen. We've talked about that. Yes. You know? Yeah. And then that line, it's supposed to be fun turning 21. I did have a great 21st birthday. That was (laughs) after my breakup and I was, like, free and I was okay and I was past that person and I was in college and I had a really lovely college experience and I was lucky my birthday was during the school year. Yeah. I think I really found myself during that time. But the idea of your family saying like, hey, you know, like this part, it's supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be this hard. And it wasn't about this, but when I was in the red relationship that was just awful and draining on me and I was upset and unhappy all of the time, my grandfather said, Gabby, like, You're not your usual bubbly self. Like, what's going on? What is making you not be yourself? Mm -hmm. And, like, yes, it's not that same, but, like, I was always fun and bubbly and excited. And there was this, like, pain that was just pulling me down, and it was that relationship. And that someone who loves you and looks out for you notices that change. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. It's Uh, one of the saddest parts of the song. Yeah. And having the visual with it for this part specifically. There are also really fun parallels that Swifties have been putting together in side-by-side shots of this video with the Lover music video. Mm -hmm. How there's the shot of her in the bed crying and in the lover music video her lover is there yeah uh, spooning with her yeah and then in the lover music video while she's having the cake yeah he's sitting next to her yeah and it's like all of these ideas like of what taylor felt with love like the great love a golden love love someone who she writes this song about all the things that are right there yes. and that weren't in this relationship and obviously you know taylor was you know involved in the creation of both these songs mm-hmm. and stories and her juxtaposing like this is what the relationship is healthy and supposed to be like versus what it's not. Yep. Oh, it's so good. Time won't fly. It's like I'm paralyzed by it. I'd like to be my old self again, but I'm still trying to find it. After plaid shirt days and nights when you made me your own, now you mail back my things and I walk home alone. But you keep my old scarf from that very first week because it reminds you of innocence and it smells like me. You can't get rid of it because you remember it all too well. (sighs) 
Mm-hmm. The way Sadie plays this part where she's just kind of staring off into oh space. Oh my god. It's so perfect and forlorn. Wow. She nails it. And then obviously, you know, I love the line, I'd like to be my old self again, but I'm still trying to mm-hmm. find it. I think that's one of the most relatable lines when you're going yep. through heartbreak or a tough time and finding yourself is amazing. And then we talked about this on the first episode we kind of only alluded to it but after plaid shirt days and nights where you made me your own that really feels like yes intimacy and sex yep you know and obviously that's like it's not any of our business and whatnot and it doesn't change the relationship but you made me your own it does feel like that's where this relationship went and so much that was involved in the hurt because of that yes yeah the callback to the scarf and that because it reminds you of innocence yep And that idea of her innocence and that, you know... He He has it. He took it. Yeah. She will never, after this relationship and how much she was hurt, she'll never love the same. You know, the trust will be different. Though she could learn to grow in love, This the idea of a heartbreak like this or a bad relationship, it doesn't just go away. It affects you. Yeah. And all relationships moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. And it isn't necessarily just innocence in intimacy like that. Mm -hmm. The innocence of just having... An idea of a relationship totally stripped away from you. Exactly. And falling so in love yeah. with someone. and it Yeah. Like it's not changing. all rose colored glasses. Yeah. Like there's real pain in, in relationships. Yeah. And I think that I do think that this was her deepest relationship to this point. Like I think this was like her first real like love and mm-hmm. that she got really hurt. Like we know stuff about like Joe and Sam and Drew and whatnot. But I just feel like this relationship was different. It was like her first adult relationship. I feel like. <sighs> Time won't fly. It's like I'm paralyzed by it. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, this is just a freaking masterpiece. Yeah. Like, it, it's so good. And how and, slowly time moves when you're so mm-hmm. upset. And like you said, in the film, the way that Sadie is just, like, staring off into space, not being able to do anything. She's in the bed, and she's just lying there. Yeah. That's exactly what you do when you're heartbroken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's perfect. Because there we are again when I loved you so, back before you lost the one real thing you've ever known. It was rare, I was there. I remember it all too well. Wind in my hair, you were there. You remember it all too well. Down the stairs, you were there. You remember it all too well. Because there we are again when I loved you so. Ah! Gosh! Back before you lost the one real thing you've ever known. Like, she knows that what they had was the realest thing he's ever going to get. At least at that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that it's over. Like, yeah. he, he lost it. I, like in the first time we went through the song, I think it's really interesting that, you know, she is talking about how she remembers it. She is talking about how she remembers it. And then she says, she changes it to you. Mm-hmm. Because she knows he's still thinking about it, too. Yeah. He has to. I bet you think about me. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And now we have that song and yeah. everything. Because in a way, I think that, if she thought he didn't think about her at all, that would destroy her. Yeah, especially the whole idea of, like, it was rare I was there, I remember it. It's almost as if, especially, like, in this version, she has to also prove it to herself Mm -hmm. that it was rare and I was there because it left such an impression on her. And, like, it had to have for him as well. Yeah. Like, even though it ended and things were bad and whatever, she has to believe that it was good and that, what they had, there was some good stuff there. And it was something special. And powerful and special and real. Yeah. Like, that's the whole thing. And it was real. We all want to believe that. Yeah, the love we felt, it was real. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, was it fake for him the whole time? She can't believe that. Like, that's, that would be so painful. Yeah. Oh, God. 
Something that was interesting when we rewatched the film today is I noticed this shot as she's, you know, it's like right around this part and, you know, she's kind of like typing and we know she's writing the story and whatnot. And it cuts, the room's kind of, it's like she's in her room and it's like red and it cuts from her for a moment to the wall and there's art on the wall and then it cuts back to her. And it's really brief. Hmm. And you're kind of like, that's a weird shot. What was the choice? Like, there always is with Taylor a choice. And so I found this article that talks about how there's this photo, and it's from a place called the Post Ranch Inn. Okay. It is, a, like, this framed photo on the wall in the scene I'm talking about. Jake Gyllenhaal and Taylor were spotted at this inn in Big Sur, California, back in 2010. Oh. Yeah. And it was like a positive moment and it was like a date spot and that there's an image of that in in the music video. Whoa. Yeah. That they, Crazy. they pan away from Sadie to show this thing. So look for it the next time. Oh, wow. You watch. It's it's just one of those interesting Easter eggs. And I'm sure there are so many oh, yeah. this, you know? Yeah. And this is where the original version ends. Yes. Right at this part. I remember it all too well. So for me personally, I think that that is the perfect ending. However, what comes next is growing on me. Mm -hmm. So, And it's, I kind of consider this like the epilogue. Yeah. And, you know, as we're going through, we didn't say this, but there are these different titles during the short film. Oh, yeah. That are like our chapters of the relationship. And then ultimately in the reveal at the end, chapters of the book that her, the character, wrote about this relationship. So I consider this the epilogue. And it fits so perfectly with the film. For sure. We get to. And I was never good at telling jokes, but the punchline goes, I'll get older, but your lovers stay my age. From when your Brooklyn broke my skin and bones, I'm a soldier who's returning half her weight. And did the twin flame bruise paint you blue? Just between us did the love affair maim you too. Because in the city's barren cold, I still remember the first fall of snow and how it glistened as it fell. I remember it all too well. Mm. And I mean, there's so much here. (laughs) So this is like the part where they're showing us and Sadie's grown up into older Taylor with red hair. Yes. Which we love a redhead Taylor moment. (laughs) Always. Always. Shout out to my redheads. So, okay. So there's a lot of barbs here. I'll get older, but your lovers stay my age. So Jake Joan Hall, who is 40, is currently dating a 25-year-old. So... That is even bigger age difference. (laughs) And also just that idea where it's like, he said, if we'd been closer in age, maybe it would have been fine. Like, he clearly doesn't mean that or feel that. Yep. So that's a great barb. Also, how is this woman feeling about this song? We have been thinking about that constantly. Or at least I have been. I also love, I think it's one of my favorite lines, from when your Brooklyn broke my skin and bones. I just think it's beautiful. Yeah. Can you explain that to me, Brooklyn? So he either lived or they spent time at Maggie's house together in Park Slope. They spent oh, a lot of Park time Slope. in Brooklyn together. Right, with I the lattes. I think he lived there with the lattes. So I think that, you know, she's just considering, like, you know how we talked about how sometimes a place makes you think of someone in yep. Cornelia Street? Yep. Like, Brooklyn is him. Yep. Or like, the what's the song? False God, like, yep. you're the West Village. I think Brooklyn represents him to her. Yep. So his Brooklyn... Broke her skin and bones. It's what broke her down. Yep. I feel this way about the place where I got dumped yeah. to. Or like where I drove home sobbing from. Yeah. And then this line, did the twin flame bruise paint you blue? Mm. So there's two meanings here. So first one is that we know about in State of Grace, twin fire signs for blue eyes. The idea of them as both being this fire sign and mm-hmm. this twin and their blue eyes connecting them. Mm-hmm. And they're both Sagittarius and that idea of 
twin fire signs and how she felt about them being connected Mm -hmm. in that way. But then also this user on Instagram, Iswaran Siva Kumar, was talking about the concept of a twin flame. And there's this romantic myth that a soul is split into two halves Mm. when you're born and the other half of your soul where it is, that person is your soulmate so that you search to find that person and connect to that person is that idea of this twin flame. And we know that from the Hedwig and the Angry Inch song, The Origin of Love, which is a fantastic musical, guys, but also this song you should look up, The Origin of Love. And it talks about this idea of how these beings were split into two and they spent their whole life searching for that split right down that the other twin flame. Yep. And so I, like, I love that. I didn't think of it that mm-hmm. way. I just thought the Sagittarius thing. And so I love the double meaning to it. And yeah. like, it just was really beautiful and brilliant. And then obviously paint you blue is always Taylor. Blue is Taylor's word for sadness. Yep. And then finally did the love affair maim you too. Mm-hmm. You know, she teased this leading up to Red Taylor's version. It was written in one of her journals and maim is such a like dark word yeah. and permanent word. Yeah. And like did the love affair maim you too. So like clearly it maimed her. We got all this material yes. from it. Yeah. And I just like how she's asking just between us. Like she wants to know like did did you hurt as much as I did? Did it stay with you? Yeah. Like did you remember it all too well? Because this is kind of like that epilogue. Yep. And then that first fall of snow. Mm-hmm. We're no longer in autumn. It's the first fall of snow. Time has time has passed. Yeah. She's no longer paralyzed. Yeah. She remembers this first her first fall of snow after the breakup. And how it glistened like it made everything new. Yeah. It wasn't fall anymore. Oh, Devin, that's so good. I hadn't thought yeah. of that. Oh, that's so good. And and she's Maybe feeling even a glimpse of moving on. Yeah. Well, and then when when snow falls and covers the earth, it is especially like a fresh the first. Page. Yeah, the first fall. Yeah. Like you were talking about the other day, you're like, I love. It's so romantic, and yeah, that first and it, fall it of blankets snow, blankets everything in white. Yeah, yeah it just and it covers here. things up and kind of like gives it this serene feeling, mm-hmm. especially in New York. You're in New York at wintertime, the first snow, everything's so much quieter. Yeah, when it snows before it's it gets so all fussy. dirty with yeah. all the plows and everything. Yeah, like. Yeah. That first fall of snow. Oh, that's so good. Also, I love the line, too. I was never good at telling jokes because Mm -hmm. we know from Begin Again, I think it's strange that you think I'm funny because he never did. He never did. Ooh. Yeah, so the whole song, it connects the lore and the story of everything else. In red. In red. Yep. And even one point of the video, Sadie wears the locket that they're selling that is also in the Run lyric video. It's just all connected. Yeah, and so... Two things. In the film, in the short film, she's reading her book mm-hmm. to an audience and you see women in the front row who are crying and who are obviously affected by the, her words and probably have dealt with some of the s- same situations. Snow is falling and it pans out from the bookstore and you see him mm-hmm. with the scarf mm-hmm. that he's still got. Yep. And, it's and then he, and he walks away. And And he's kind of looking in. Yeah. He's Mm -hmm. looking in kind of, yeah, voyeuristic a little bit. And also fun fact that Swifties picked up on is that the him character, when he comes back at the end and is older looking in is played by a different actor whose name is Jake Lyon. And people are just think it's pretty funny that his name is also Jake. (laughs) So it's just people that are like, okay, so you have to have Scruff and kind of look like Jake Gyllenhaal from the back, but also be named Jake. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Goofy. Yeah. What's even cooler is the Saturday Night Live performance where it starts to snow 
when she starts singing yeah, this part. Yeah, which is so epic. And there yeah. was wind before that. Oh, like, my God. That performance is just everything. epic. And it's snowing, and she's just, like, oh, so good. One thing some people on Instagram have thought about the book and the cover, they've compared the cover of the book with the scarf caught in the tree to the idea of the giving tree and its cover, because it does look quite similar, the Mm -hmm. idea of it. And what's interesting about the giving tree is that it's this story where the tree just gives and gives and gives to this little boy to all that's left of the tree is this stump. And it says, and the tree was happy. But like when you really think about the giving tree is that tree gave everything, and the boy just took and took and took and didn't give back. Yep. And so it's just this interesting idea that – I don't know if she's meant for the cover to look like the giving tree, but I feel like if we see it, she kind of probably did in some sense. That, like, maybe he just, he took all, did the love affair meme you too? Like, he took so much from her, and then she was left there as this stump. Oh! <laughs> or this gosh. crumpled up piece of paper. I just think the people who've been posting about that, I find that comparison yeah. very interesting. For sure. So then we have... The kind of ethereal, like, fade-out kind of section of the song. And repeats, repeats. And repeats, yeah. So she says, Just between us did the love affair maim you all too well. Just between us do you remember it all too well. Just between us, I remember it. Just between us, I remember it all too well. And as this is going there's also this fade out and overlapping of lyrics Mm -hmm. with the wind in my hair i was there i was there down the stairs i was there i was there sacred prayer i was there i was there it was rare you remember it all too well and she repeats this Mm -hmm. as if this is that sacred prayer this is that oath she's saying it over and over and it's all overlapping and ethereal and different backup singers and Mm -hmm. it's beautiful and just so much overlapping and like and in the short film it's the credits yeah And so I have a feeling that this was sort of produced this way for the movie. Mm -hmm. It leaves you sitting there thinking about the whole thing. And you're remembering it. And you're sitting with those emotions. Yeah. And And you're like going through it. Yeah. And the feeling of having just listened to this 10 minute song and felt so much. And being like, wow, I just sat through a 10 minute song. Yeah. What? Yeah. It's just so interesting. And what is so crazy and unbelievable that the producers did on this song was make it completely listenable for 10 full minutes. Yeah. And like something new is coming every time and you're excited and interested and it flies by. And it's so varied. Yeah. And there's just so many different ups and downs and lefts and rights. And the additions that they made to the song are so good. Yeah. And so complex that you don't get bored listening to it at At all. all. It's amazing. At all. It's really just such a stellar, gorgeous song. And just, a real tribute to her fans. Yeah. And like, yes, it was number one and we all helped it get there. But also because of the buzz, people are interested in what this 10 minute song is. Like, oh, yeah. People who aren't Taylor fans are listening and are curious. Yep. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, my dad watched the short film twice. Like, yeah. you know, he isn't a Swifty. You know, he knows I love Taylor and he tries to kind of get into her because of that. But I didn't tell him to watch this film. He chose to. Yep. 
And so I just think it's so cool, A, that this became such a hit, B, that she's at a point in her career where she can do this. Mm-hmm. You know, she's so creatively fulfilled and she's giving so much to us, but then also because we're supporting her. We give it right back. Yeah, and she talked about with the Vault songs about with this re-recording, she wouldn't have ever felt like she could do it if it wasn't for her fans yeah. being there and supporting her and giving her that courage. And it's just, it's such a beautiful give and take. Yeah. And it's so cool to be a Swifty. And it's also the perfect final track to this album Mm -hmm. because again that fade out is like the credits of the album and it just it just leaves you being like that was the best two hours of my life two and a half yeah listening to that i mean we listened to it all the way through on the car ride up here yeah and it's just who knew that 30 songs would fly by so quickly and also just make you feel so many things you really go through it yeah It's remarkable, and it's so cool, too, to, like, get to re-experience Red with you. Yeah. It's so special. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, and if any of you are like us, like, all the varied emotions during Uh this time, it's just, like, so much. It's, like, really cool and nostalgic. Then also there's just, like, certain things that bring up past hurts, and then also you're like, yeah, get him, get Jake, you know? Exactly. There's just so much here. It's, It's so freaking fantastic (laughs) all this time too i'm wondering like does he have anything to say about it yeah we still haven't heard what are his thoughts is is he gonna talk about it i'm sure that the next interview he goes on someone's someone's totally gonna ask him about it now what we haven't talked about at all during this whole time is the sad girl autumn version oh right we haven't I get a little bored with it. Devin and I are not as big fans of the Sad Girl Autumn version, but we know it means a lot to a lot of you, so we're not trying to yuck anyone's yums. It's just not as exciting as this version is to us. Yeah. And I also know that Taylor puts out these different versions, like what she did with uh, Willow, so that people listen to the song and it helps it trend better. Yeah. Stream better. Yeah. So I know that that's part of it. It's a very smart business move. It's just not our favorite version. But I do obviously love Sad Girl Autumn. Anytime the word sad, apparently, I'm really into (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're finding. So that version does exist as well. Yes. And you can find it on Spotify. And there's also a really cool YouTube video. Taylor went back to Long Pond to record it, which led to a lot of us thinking, what else did she maybe record? What else did she record? So she we'll, couldn't have just gone we'll there for see. one song. We don't know. No. That's all too well 10-minute version. At least a primer of yeah. it. It's not necessarily everything that is in the song, everything that's in the video. Yeah, there's way more to pack. So much. A lot of Easter eggs that we probably didn't bring up, didn't come up. So much here. But Devin, I want to know, mm. what's your favorite new line like that we hadn't seen before from mm-hmm. All Too Well? Mm-hmm. I think that it has to be, because also the melodic line of it, okay. the beginning of the first new part, and you were tossing me the car keys, fuck the patriarchy, keychain on the ground, we were always skipping town. Interesting. I love the melody of mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Cool. I, I think I think that's it. It's definitely not like the hardest hitting new line, mm-hmm. of course. I mean, there's plenty of those. Yeah. But I just love the way that that flows and the scanning of it mm-hmm. is really fun. Yeah. How about you? So obviously I like like everyone else. You kept me like a secret, but I kept you like an uh-huh. oath. But it's not my favorite line oh. in the song. I okay. think maybe because it is so many other people's favorite line. Uh-huh. So my favorite line in the new All Too Well is because it's just the way that it sounds and the way she sings it. Mm. So I love the way the line reads of, 
from when you Brooklyn broke my skin and bones. The mm. way she sings it, I just am obsessed with it. Mm. I, I don't know why. There's something just so pleasing about her voice there and the way the line works. And then I also love all the repeating the sacred prayer. Yeah. I, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, and, it, it definitely had to grow on me. Yeah. With listens, because I personally think the original is perfect. Mm-hmm. I think it is, there's not a single thing wrong with that song. Yeah. And I listen to it all the time. Yeah. And even her All Too Well on this re-record is as good as the original. Oh, yeah. It is astonishingly good. Yeah. I had some trouble with the length of it and a couple of the things in it, but the more and more I listen to it, the more I love it. Yeah. It is very good. And it's just such a like varied song. It's so enjoyable to sing along to and to yep. listen to. And so, it doesn't feel long anymore. It doesn't feel long. Like at all. So I'm pretty sure I already know the answer to this. Uh-huh. But from one to ten sacred prayers, what would you give this song? Great rating, by the way. Yeah, sacred thank you. prayers, so good. I definitely give it a ten. Yeah. Ten minute ten. Ten minute ten. I mean, I don't know how this isn't a ten. Yeah. I can understand maybe if you think it's too long or, you know, whatever, but just everything that she put into it, Mm -hmm. what it means to her, what it means to her fans, the journey that it is, the film, all of the things that we've gotten with it. Yeah. It feels just, like you said, a gift to us. Mm -hmm. How can it not be a 10? Absolutely. Do I think that the five minute version is the better version? I do. Hmm. I'm still determining that because this gives us just so much emotion. Yeah. How about you? On a scale of 1 to 10 sacred prayers, what do you give this song? I also give this song 10 sacred prayers. Yeah. I just love it. I mean, look, we talked about it for how long? I mean, it's pretty remarkable. An hour and a half? Yeah. it's It's a special song. It's so full of emotion. It's just this gift to us, and she gives so much of herself, and I'm just lucky to be a Swifty. Yeah. It's it's really cool. It is a very amazing time to be a Swifty yes. right now. Yes, yes. All of these gifts. Absolutely. Also, fun fact that Swifty's picked up on is that the him character, when he comes back at the end and is older looking in, is played by a different actor whose name is Jake Lyon. And oh. people are just think it's pretty funny that his name is also Jake. <laughs> so it's just people that are like, okay, so you have to have Scruff and kind of look like Jake Gyllenhaal from the back, but also be named Jake. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> Goofy. Yeah. Listen along with us. You can check us out on Instagram at Tata Z Podcast and give us all of your thoughts. Tell us about all different feelings about All Too Well, Easter eggs we might have missed, your favorite parts of the film. Do you relate to the song? We want to hear all the discussion. We've just loved seeing everybody talking about this last couple weeks. So that's why we kind of wanted to be able to move this episode up. Yeah. Yeah. Also... A reminder that you can find us on Patreon with exclusive bonus content at patreon.com backslash Podcast, And be sure to follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this right now. And if you like this episode, please leave us a positive five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Yes, I think this is going to be our longest episode ever. For sure. I think. I don't think it's possible to have a longer. I don't think so. No. So if you got through this one, you're in it for the long run with us. Thank you for <laughs> listening. So next episode, we're going to be covering I Forgot That You Existed from Lover. Lover. Back to our regularly scheduled alphabet. Yes, we've done all the vault songs that we'd already passed in the alphabet. Yep. So now we're back in the alphabet. We're back in it. Come hang with us. I'm Devin. And I'm Gab. This has been Tata Z. Thanks for listening. See you next.